This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my home studio recording right next to my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How you doing this week? Uh, all right. I yeah. got, I decided on a whim to get my booster shot this week. Oh, how'd that go? Um, well, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be traveling for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. I have shows coming up. So I was like, okay, I better, I better get that boost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I had... You know, all the side effects of the second dose. Right. Guess what? Got them again. Hey. It wasn't as bad as the last. I didn't have a fever this time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely like a full day of me just being in bed, achy. Not a whole lot different than my usual day. I was about to day. say, that sounds like a regular day for Matt Palisai. Like literally today, I was like, I'm like 90% fine now. Uh-huh. Um, But I was like, am I tired because I'm still like fatigued from the vaccine or because... I slept for 20 hours (laughs) (laughs) slash my regular ailments. Yeah. Um, But for now I'm fine, you know? Yeah. Doing great. Doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, for now doing great, doing, doing strong can bench like four, four, 500 pounds. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Probably more. Yeah. Even I can tell by looking at you because of my huge chesticles. Yep. Rock hard. Anyway, how are you? I'm doing just fine. You know, it's Thanksgiving week. By the time this comes out, we're coming up on the holidays. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. A little housekeeping note, listeners. We will not have an episode next week, but don't you worry. We'll be on Instagram and we'll be back the following week. So there'll be no episode on November 30th, but... If you're in Chicago or Indianapolis, you can come and see me in person. That'll basically be like a bonus hit that you can get in the flesh. In the flesh. Um, yeah, Chicago you can, you and can Indianapolis. You right up and touch them. Don't do that. <laughs> um, no, December 4th, December 5th, I'll be in Chicago and Indianapolis. MattBellaside.com slash tour. Uh, link will be in my bio. Link will be in our show notes. Sorry, I'm such an influencer. I'm so used to saying it the other way. Link in bio. Um, But yeah, we're taking a week off. I'll be um, in Chicago for Thanksgiving. I'll be in Boston. Good. Was that it? It's hard. Boston isn't even a word that has a Boston accent. You know what I mean? Like Chicago. Boston. Pakistan. Boston. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. Boston is not like the most Boston-y of words. I mean, it is. Okay. I just feel like I wasn't able to like deliver in the way that you did on Chicago. 
Well, you didn't try hard enough because you're not an actor. fuck you. (laughs) Anyway, I'll be in Chicago. I'll take some photos of... Clocks. We need a (laughs) clock tour. Give I swear I have posted the clocks before. Clock tour. It will be happening. No. I will make it happen. It won't be an Instagram live, but I'll take clock photos. Please. We need a full tour. And dog photos. Okay. Well, I hear enough about your fucking dog all the time. So (laughs) anyway, happy Thanksgiving week. What's coming up on today's episode? Well, we're going to start things off as always with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into debates. Okay. Those topics of conversation that you get into with your family every holiday season. Consider this a guide. You can prepare yourself, okay? Prepare yourself for the arguments that you'll be having this week by listening to us have those arguments. (laughs) Do not hold us liable for any arguments that ensue unless you win. And then we get 10%. And then tag us. Tag us when your family falls apart. (laughs) And then finally, we've got writer, podcast host, director, comedian, Nagin Farsada on the pod as our guest complainer. Nagin hosts the popular podcast Fake the Nation. And guess what? I was a guest on that podcast just a couple weeks ago. So if you want to hear me make dumb jokes about whoever the fuck Aaron Rodgers is, you can check that out. But if you want to hear about flying on planes, running eggs, air conditioning, then keep listening to this episode because Nagin and I talk about that here. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's chat about the stupidest worst news of the week. First, a rich as fuck German shepherd named Gunther the Sixth, okay, is officially selling his Miami mansion. Yes, this dog's mansion, which was once owned by Madonna. Okay. He's selling it for $31.75 million. I'm sorry, this dog is way wealthier than I am. And this dog also has a home that he owns. Is the one percent? He's not in this the dog house. This is not house. even the height of this dog's wealth. Okay, oh, what I don't understand. So Gunther, Gunther the sixth, his lineage dates back decades, all the way back to 1992. <laughs> when this, when I first read that, I was like, wow, this dog probably, yeah, its ancestry Victorian. dates back generations, and it's like, yeah, well, generations for dogs is only like ten years. So, um. His great-grandfather, Gunther III, inherited a multi-million dollar trust from their owner, who is a German countess. Should not be allowed. So I'm guessing, filling in the lines here, that this German countess did not have any heirs, so left her trust to her dog, and now this dog's lineage has just inherited this million dollar trust um for the past 30 years um and since then or throughout that time a group of handlers have helped maintain this glamorous lifestyle for all these dogs including trips to (laughs) milan the bahamas where gunther recently dined out at restaurants every evening so here's what i want to oh also no let me let me elaborate A chef cooks this dog breakfast every morning made of the finest meat, the fresh vegetables, rice. He travels by private jet. He works on obedience skills daily with his trainer, (laughs) sleeps in a lavish round red velvet bed in a former in the former master bedroom of Madonna. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, overlooking this like bay in Miami. I've never been more jealous of a dog in my entire life. I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Like, how did do, how does this person who handles this estate? How do you wake up and work for a dog that has the nicest lifestyle but does not know what is going on? I'm sorry. I I will dehumanize this dog. You know why? Because it's not a human. It's a <laughs> fucking dog. And you are giving it the lifestyle that it has no idea. You know what every dog thinks? That they are living the best life that they possibly can. <laughs> this dog would have no idea if you fed it fucking possum meat off the ground. <laughs> it would love that, actually. I'm sure it would. Yeah. My but no, you're spending all of this money that could be going to me. Or like charities. Right. I'm a charity. Essentially. I just, yeah, it makes no sense to me that these people um, would would abide by this. Yeah. All of this being said, 100% would watch this reality TV show slash scripted comedy. Yeah. I want to know everything about their lives. And by their lives, I mean the people who are working in this home. Yeah, it's like Downton Abbey if yeah. they were all working for a dog. Right, which there is famously a dog in Downton Abbey. Yeah, named Isis, <laughs> by the way. If they only worked for Isis. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, obviously this story is framed as this dog is super rich and lives this lavish lifestyle. But like the trust manages this portfolio of properties and they decide when to buy and sell. And so the reason this story is coming out or the reason this story is you know, being covered is because this mansion is up for sale. Um, obviously, it wasn't like they go and feed the dog every morning and say like, okay, one bark for sell, two <laughs> barks for, for buy. I just don't understand. I don't understand why they're spending money on this dog. No, no. You can you can give this dog the best life it could possibly imagine for like $100 a year. <laughs> Anyway, um, shout out to Gunther. Hit me up, boo. <laughs> Next, a seven foot python no. snuck aboard a sailboat in Florida. Only in Florida. We even had a hey, Florida really story happened. in a while. Uh, this this python ended up staying on the boat until it finished its nearly 100 mile voyage. At first, it was like, oh, 100 miles? That's far. Not really. It's not. By boat? I don't know. I feel like a boat can go like 100 miles an hour. A sailboat? Here's no. a question. I may have no. asked this before. No. If a boat is going 100 miles an hour, how long would it take for it to travel 100 miles? An hour. Okay. Good. I'm not your mother, so don't put that on <laughs> I don't have to push you off your chair. Um, not everybody knows that, okay? Um, but either way, uh, boats are not that fast. No, probably not, Especially but at least a, a, a few boat. hours. Because yeah. the, the thing that made me think this is that the crew found the snake in the boat's shower after they docked. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I guess nobody took a shower during that oh. entire journey. And it's like, okay, yeah. If it was only a few hours, you wouldn't stop and take a shower. Um but yeah, they opened up the shower, found the seven foot python sitting there and police quickly responded and transferred it uh, to a local wildlife hander handler. The problem is, yeah, pythons, which are believed to be descended from pets that were freed from captivity over many decades are now like ravaging the native species of, of Florida. OK, I officially will not be returning to Florida nor going on a boat. 
I feel like you should have known that before I revealed that information. I Yeah, I did not. I mean, I knew that there were snakes in Florida and obviously I don't appreciate that, but I didn't understand the gravity of the of the situation. That's why you have to go with an Irish person and they'll chase them away. <laughs> the fact that a state has both tropical snakes and also bears is fucked up and wrong. Yeah, the fact that any state in the United States has wildlife <laughs> is insane to me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've always lived in places that were like heavily urbanized. Yeah. I mean, my mom did send photo. My mom and dad sent photos of coyotes in our backyard recently. And like the group chat went wild. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Matt Valisai catchphrase trademarked. Right. It's catching on, folks. It's catching on. <laughs> anyway, pythons can grow up to 20 feet and 200 pounds. No, And are thanks. devouring native mammal and bird populations. Great. I love that for everyone. Fucked up. Oh, you got beautiful. me fucked up in the brain because of snakes. That was a great song that I just wrote. I love it. From scratch. Anyway, and finally, a superior court judge in Georgia posted a quote unquote order on Twitter banishing the demon twink that is Elf on a Shelf. Fuck Hero. Him. Fuck Hero. Him. <laughs> to be clear, I'm saying fuck Elf on the Shelf. That oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying that the judge is a hero for banning him. Sure. Yeah. Even though every time a judge does anything cute like this, I'm like, okay, robe, let's <laughs> calm down. You think you're so just because you got your little your little hammer, hey, your you little can just wig. do whatever you want. Fuck off. Anyway, this guy tweeted, tired of living in elf on the shelf tyranny. Not looking for, I don't know why I'm reading it like it's an <laughs> infomercial. I love it. Keep it going. Tired of living in elf on the shelf tyranny. Not looking forward to the elf forgetting to move and causing your kids emotional distress? I'm a public servant and I will take the heat for you. My gift to tired parents. <laughs> what is Call this guy five, running five, for, one, for two, three, four. I'm reading it like um, a commercial for um, a lawyer that you can hire. Francis Dracy. Yeah. Did you get those commercials in Chicago? I don't remember. There was a guy, literally the most boring man <laughs> you could possibly imagine. I'm attorney Peter Francis Jerry. <gasps> I do remember this guy. I'm attorney Peter Francis Tracy. No interest repayment. Log on to infotapes.com or call now. Are your credit cards too high? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember he, you'd only see these commercials when you were sick at home watching yeah. TV in between prices right. And it's like, okay, I hope this cold takes me out because I can't <laughs> I can't watch this man speak another time. Anyway, uh, so this particular judge was like, uh, there's a lot of emotional distress that comes to these children when they forget to move it, when when the elf doesn't move in between nights, because then they're like, you know. Is he sick? Right. What happened to what, the What the did elf? we do to, yeah. to give such, you know. Paralyzing. What did we do to instill such fear into Elf on a Shelf? Yeah. His, this, his soul just left and he's not coming back and yeah. we're getting coal. Right. So, yeah. So the judge recalled <coughs> a, quote, horrific incident in his own home where three children were sent to school in tears with one child being labeled an elf murderer and accused of making the elf lose his magic. Okay. Sounds like you have a bunch of little bitch <laughs> children to me. Yeah. It sounds like for a judge, you're not very good at uh, adjudicating your own 
own family. Oh, boom, <laughs> boom, Judge Burns. You say teach you how to come back to that in the fucking law school, bitch. You fucking learn that in the LSATs, bitch. <laughs> so, given the risks of such emotional damage and the supply chain issues caused by the pandemic, <laughs> this is all according to this man. The judge wrote that he had no choice but to banish the elves from his county. So it's illegal. He did make an allowance for parents who don't feel overwhelmed by elf on the shelf tyranny. Uh, if you love your elf, keep your elf. Anyway, um, fuck elf on a shelf. Um, but also, he is hot, he, kind of hot. Yeah, like you would fuck him, but also fuck him. Right. You know? Like elf on a shelf, my type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rosy cheek twink, just what the doctor ordered. And on that note, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories from every week, you can enter my Patreon, patreon.com slash You'll get video bonus stories, video of our guest complainer interviews, and a special separate podcast feed that's basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app if you just want to listen to all the bonus content. Uh, you can get that at patreon.com slash It's only $5. And you support me and the show, and it's nice and it's fun next we're diving deep into all the shit you're gonna be talking about this thanksgiving let's debate deep dive 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 all right well it's thanksgiving week and many of you you may be getting together with your family or your friends and inevitably wherever you are whether you're doing in-person shit you're still about that zoom life no matter what your little gathering is guaranteed gonna descend into a screaming match of course okay, people will die it's unavoidable it is absolutely unavoidable We've all been pent up for far too long for someone not to absolutely snap. And guess what? If you make it all the way through dinner and they're starting to serve dessert and nobody has melted down yet, the spotlight's on you, babe. Okay, it's time for you to fucking go at it. The stage is yours. You got shit to stir up. Because the one thing that unites all Thanksgivings, no matter what you serve on the table, who you're with, where you are, the one thing that unites us all is conflict that's beautiful exactly so today we're gonna dive deep into some of the shit that tears us apart the ultimate thanksgiving debates let's get into it first an easy one pumpkin pie versus pecan pie i'm having this debate with myself for which one to make i'll punch you in the fucking face if you answer pecan i am leaning pumpkin good I think pumpkin pie is a Thanksgiving specific dessert. Exactly. And every other type of pie is an all season pie. And that's exactly why I'm leaning towards pumpkin. It's because I was like, pie, I can make a pecan pie any week that I want. Yeah. But and pumpkin? Mm-mm. Pumpkin is like you're only having that on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Next question. On Thanksgiving, you got your plate of food. Everyone said grace. Guess what? You threw out this question. Were Ross and Rachel on a break? You're going to have a full-on food fight. Guess what? You better wear your dark clothes. No light clothes. Because wine will be flung. Uh-huh. Uh, you better believe that is the first thing I'm going to toss in your face when we disagree on this. Not this precious food. No, no. No. Because wine, you know, we got a whole box of it. Bottle. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we've ever truly talked about this before, but... 
here's the thing realistically yeah they were on a break but i know if i were in that situation would never forgive him no absolutely not yeah he's dead to me i don't care if you knock me up and we accidentally get married years later not in that order yeah i mean like i will be holding it against you the rest of your life yeah technically technically they were on a break but no unforgivable get out of my house get off my life have fun with your fucking dinosaurs. Next, white meat versus dark meat. The ultimate question. I would I would be screaming at that point. Why? Where do you stand? My hot take is it doesn't fucking matter. It's all this the is, chicken. We've had debates about this before. This is no no longer because the last time we had this debate, we were talking about chicken and you said that there was no difference between white and dark meat on a chicken, to which I vehemently disagreed. But I could see your point. Only because a chicken is small. It's small. There's a turkey. The difference is negligible. In a turkey. All right. It is. But also at the same time to me, I, it's all the same to me. It's not. (laughs) It is not the same. Okay. White meat is leaner. Dark meat is juicier and fatter and darker. All I'm tasting is the gravy anyway. Okay. Well, sorry. You don't appreciate the meat. Yeah. Did you ever? Well, no, because you're a woman. Like regular question in my family was asking us boys whether we were boob men or butt men. <laughs> I mean, I am bi, and I will say ass okay. <laughs> on both men and women. Yeah, I'm an ass man. What can I say? Would get it on my license plate. I mean, I've I'm very adamantly like a Kinsey, whatever the gayest one is. Right. Yeah. 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 But shiv on succession oh my god just the most <laughs> perfect ass and yeah it is because she has an amazing ass yeah it really does a lot for me anyway dark meat love it um next question to bring up at thanksgiving is jfk jr alive and about <laughs> to overthrow the government <laughs> this one i don't even think there's a debate everyone's just gonna be like yes next question i mean is he taking his time to reveal himself Yes. Yeah. Okay. There have been, I don't know if you even are aware of I'm this. I'm on the outskirts <laughs> of it. I, I know that there are theories and, but, and conspiracies, but yeah, for the uneducated. Okay. <laughs> let me fill you in amongst QAnon and the deep dark circles of the internet who believe that like Joe Biden is not the legitimate president and that he may not even be alive and is being kept in like, you know, this is just a bodysuit that someone yeah. is operating. Yeah. They legitimately believe that JFK Jr. is alive. Right, right. Um, that he has been attending um the former president's rallies okay. um in full view of everybody. Right. And that he is going to come out, reveal that he's alive and like, I don't know, coronate him as president. <laughs> uh and do they want this to happen? Yeah. To the point not him, coronate the last guy as president. As like, oh, they're like, he's going to be the one to reveal it all. And like, I thought you meant that they would want JFK Jr. to be president. And I was like, really? Famously, the most liberal family. I know. uh, (laughs) That's why I was like, I don't understand the American history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But also, yeah, there have been multiple rallies in the last couple, uh, the last like month where like hundreds and hundreds of people show up because on message boards, they've been like, this is where he's going to like be resurrected and multiple people it like is honestly depressing yeah of course it is anyway the point is bring this up at thanksgiving and see um you know which of your family believes it and then you'll know who not to get christmas gifts for 
anyway, last one. Mixing food on your plate versus plate apartheid, I'll call it. I'm a firm believer that everything is it's a stew. Just mix it together. I'm not gonna put no. I'm not gonna dump it all so that it is uh just a jumble. Nope. Okay, I'm not mixing it together like pasta. Okay. Well you did just call it a stew, so I correct myself. Choose your words carefully here, okay? But I'm just saying I have an open border policy when it comes to my my food. Some people have such strict segregationist policies on their plates, and it's disgusting. It's yeah. honestly concerning. You are absolutely dragging producer Melissa right now. <laughs> I have so many people that I know who are like, I cannot physically stomach the idea of my food touching. If one thing touches the other, it is like repulsive. And I just do not understand that all food is going. It's it's entering the same hole. It's going down the same hole. It's coming out the same hole. I'd say I'm not quite at that level, but like especially when I am plating the food, I do not want them to touch. If over the course of the meal they start to touch, it's okay. But like I'm not I'm very careful with actually putting the shit on the plate, keeping them all in their own little separate territories. I also feel like the next day. It's all gravy, baby. You put that shit on a sandwich. We're eating it together. But I think there's something about the temperature of it, too, that makes that more acceptable and the bread holding it together versus on the plate. You got a lot of different textures, a lot of different temperatures. Uh, and, and you know, maybe they come together on the fork, but they're not coming together on the plate. I will say the one thing that I agree on is that I don't love when it's like two wildly different tempered things. Yeah. So if if I have like a salad that is on a plate with other stuff and gravy starts getting towards it, no, 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 no. That is that might bad. weird me out a little bit. I do not like. I don't like a soggy lettuce. But like in general, yeah, hot foods can touch one another. Cold foods can touch one another. Um, occasional intermingling I'll allow. Okay. I will. I do think part of it for me is that I have a habit of overloading my plate um, mm. beyond recognition. Where it's like, is there was there even a plate here to begin <laughs> with? I can't see the rim. To the point where I, as you were saying that, and I was thinking of this, I have a, a visceral memory of a couple of Christmases ago. I went over to my cousin's house and they order. They have like a big Italian dinner and i loaded my plate so high that she like looked at it and audibly was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) but she said it in a way like whoa like oh okay i guess like that's a choice yeah thing yeah you're going you're going for it (laughs) in a way where i felt like so self-conscious about my plate (laughs) um but also like yeah what are, what you else are you here for? You think I'm here home. for you and Me for family? Me, <laughs> um, I'm here for the food. Yeah. So I'm going to fucking go for it. Anyway, that is it for this week's Deep Dive. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving and um, knives out. That's all I got to say. Okay, you better you better sharpen your blades for Thanksgiving. And I personally give you permission to stab any one of your family members that you want but not fatally i'm just saying severely wound maim or um emotionally scar next we got nagin farsad on the pod right after this commercial break 
I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right. Well, my guest complainer today is a writer, director, podcaster, social justice comedian, Nagin Farsad. Hey! There's so much more. I mean, you have so many credits. Written and directed films, The Muslim Are Coming. She wrote the book, How to Make White People Laugh. She's a TED Fellow. She hosts the weekly political comedy podcast, Fake the Nation. I mean... Welcome. 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 Um, thank you. Thank you for that like generous introduction. I appreciate it. I have to I have to pay homage. I mean, you you're doing it all. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to do it all. I think my, my biggest uh coup over the last several months is that my toddler did not have a single meltdown in an entire three four days like three days of no meltdown so that i feel like should somehow appear on my credits list <laughs> okay yeah the beginning of that sentence i thought you were saying no meltdowns at all but you're no you're, you're saying you, you had a three-day streak of no meltdowns yeah 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 no sorry got it, yeah. got it. um what an absolute hell being a parent must be yeah <laughs> that's something that i can i just absolutely fail to even begin to empathize with empathize that sounded so harsh and mean i just mean like <laughs> i cannot put myself in the shoes of having having a child of my own because i would absolutely something horrible would happen to it yeah and that's the fear all the time we right. just operate in fear and that's all parenting is is just tormenting fear for 18 years, followed by like several decades of like uh, milder fear. Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I hear about the what whole a process. Joy. What, a, what, a, what a thing that our brains are literally hardwired to want and I know. require. I know. It's sort of like, it's sort of how our brains can't let go of like social media platforms until we're radicalized. It's a little bit like that. Like we were all biologically radicalized to want this crazy thing called procreation. Yeah. 
Right. It was to like to like that <laughs> and to appreciate, you know, big, big, cute eyes and want yeah. to keep it alive. And Ugh. they are cute and they really are cute. Yeah. Um, um, well, uh, we sort of jumped all ahead, but the big question is, yes, what is one thing that you hate that everybody else loves? Okay. Well, um, so, <laughs> all right, I'll just say, uh, I have a few things. Um, mm-hmm. I really hate runny eggs. And okay. 99% of the people I know love a runny egg. You're uh-huh. at brunch, they do a thing, and then they're like sopping up an egg yolk with their English muffin, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're just like, oh, I find it so gross. Why are we eating this thing raw that is also salmonella, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, I find that really disgusting. I completely agree. I think the, like idea of putting a burger like a a, a kind of runny yoked burger uh, egg on a burger yes and then you do that thing where you kind of like smash it down and it all kind of seeps out i can't i can't do that yeah and it's just not the thing i want to be oozing from my my burger yeah, I cheese. I mean, cheese. Cheese should have that yeah. consistency. And um, uh, some sort of a cream sauce should mm-hmm. have that consistency. Mm-hmm. An egg yolk. I mean, and it's uh, what when I was pregnant, I used to really proudly declare, "Can I get these eggs over hard or whatever?" Because <laughs> I'm pregnant, and I would uh-huh. just say, "I'm pregnant. I can't." Just so like, don't judge me. Don't tell that chef over there, you know what I mean, who's going to be mad that I'm I'm changing his whatever, his vision, yeah. that I'm pregnant. And so and then they cuz then I never got a, a, an eye roll or whatever and they're like, "Look, she has to do the thing all the doctors say, you know, mm-hmm. she can't have a runny egg." Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret about myself. I want it to I want it to just be between me and you. And then right. whoever retweets all and of this. And the thousands, sure. Um that I have in recent, like a couple of times when I fear like an eye roll or backlash, I will imply that I'm pregnant even when I'm not. <laughs> and I don't lie. And that. I like truly, I, this is what a liar would say, but I truly don't lie. Like in a, in situations like that, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even have a different name sure. for my, for my coffee order. Like I'm always, I don't do any of that. Yeah. But this, but I, that's how much I hate ready eggs. They like make me compromise my morals. When you order an egg, do you you get scrambled or Yeah, or or if like if it's some if it's a poached situation, uh-huh. um like an you know, an eggs benedict, I will say poached hard, please. Poached hard. I don't even know what that looks like, poached hard. It's just like a nice hard poached. It's basically egg. a hard boiled egg. <laughs> it's essentially but a poached. But yes, that's the it's yeah. got the sa- similar look. Yeah. I can't say I've ever witnessed that, but I do. I eat <laughs> I eat so many eggs. It's the thing that I probably cook the most. And I'll I'll make scrambled eggs. And even that, I'm like, I need they need to be in the pan until they are basically dry. Like right. <laughs> like dehydrated and Yeah, burnt. yeah. You're like, I just you know what? Just give me powdered eggs. I don't don't even give me <laughs> That is my my dirty secret is that I like love a good just 
shitty hotel breakfast buffet like egg situation. I can give you another one. Yes, please. Um, Okay. I, this is kind of new and I don't even know exactly how to articulate it, but Mm -hmm. I think that I hate internet speak and I, and I, and I do it as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how everybody says agrees with something and they go, oh, yes, totally. One (laughs) hundred percent. I don't want to hear that anymore. Uh And I say it. I hate myself is what I'm saying. (laughs) I engage in so much Internet speak and I feel like it's made me just like dumb yeah. <laughs> I mean, or makes me sound dumb or it just I don't know I feel like I used to be able to like bring words to the table and now I'm just in this rut of oh my god yes 100% yes yeah I I definitely identify with that sort of um degradation uh, yeah. of of my my mental faculties yeah. <laughs> because of the internet uh, it's definitely ru- ruined my vocabulary. I'm I'm definitely guilty of this. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many of these um, of these words that like, um, or even just like that's amazing, and that's the you know, it's kind of like an old bit from I think Louis C.K., who I understand problematic, whatever. But it's true that we do use some of these. It, you know that we have to call something amazing and uh, I mean wonderful like you know these these words that are just like awe inspiring that we're supposed to be about actual awe you know right and we use them so much I wonder if the next phase of language is trying to accurately describe the level of joy you're driving from something uh-huh. in very nuanced terms you know what I mean like yeah. you could be like this is um, you know, 50% better than, you know, this, the one time, uh, Ryan Johnson kissed me that once like in 11th grade or whatever. Like I can, is there like, are we going to get into new, maybe that's the next phase of language is just unbelievable nuance. Right. <laughs> is that, so, is so that a specific thing? using words that nobody has ever used before? Right, just yeah. in, incremental. You're you, you're saying stuff like iota. You're adding iotas and creating some <laughs> other thing. You know what I mean? You are just so specific. That's, there's percentages. There's yeah. uh, you know, you're doing calculus theorems to describe what level of good something is. Yes, uh-huh. I want to see that life. I want yeah. that. Just like Shakespeare, if you don't have the word for it, make it up. Make you know? it up. Well, yeah, more of that. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> By that, I mean we absolutely won't because the internet is turning us all into one person that is horrible. That is an awful person. Yeah. yeah. Or, okay, and then here's another one. Like, I literally wrote a book called How to Make White People Laugh, as you mentioned at the top uh-huh. of the show. But um, and I'm again, I'm so guilty of this, but I feel like the punchline of something, something white people or something, something white man or something, something like, you know, white guy privilege or whatever. Right. Is like now so hack like we have to come up with a either better way of describing the same phenomenon, because obviously it's still a social ill that needs to be addressed. I mean, I get it. So, so that's part of the problem, right? It's still a social ill that needs to be addressed. But yeah. can we figure out better ways of 
this like verbally addressing it because the way we keep doing it is so boring now. Right, right. And I'm and guilty. I, like, just so we know, I'm not throwing, I'm throwing stones in at a glass house that hit me. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever that expression is. Yeah, you're you're throwing a, a, a stone boomerang, if you will. Exactly. I'm I'm yeah. boom I'm boom stone boomeranging myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there are so many kind of internet phrases that now are are grating to me that I don't often hear maybe in real life, but that just seeing them repeatedly on the internet, I'm like, I can't. The the one that I usually only see on like gay Twitter um, uh-huh. is yeah, starting a tweet with not me and oh. then it's followed by something that a person did. So usually it's like, you know, not me stepping into a puddle on my way to work today like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like like that i just it's become so ubiquitous now that i every time i see it a part of my soul withers away yeah but i want to go so we were i heard you talking before we hit record about a, a horrible thing that i completely agree with which is we are in this in between temperature period in New York City that I cannot stand where it is like just chilly enough to not have to use the air conditioner but also it's still like warm and then it gets hot inside it gets hot inside you have to leave your windows open and which is fantastic I love breathing the fresh air of Manhattan (laughs) however no I really do actually but but the thing is is that like you can't podcast and leave your windows open especially not in Manhattan so or anywhere in New York City uh, or anywhere in the tri-state area let's be honest and so (laughs) um it leaves you in a in a sweaty conundrum do you do you actually enjoy having your windows open? Oh, I love it. Yeah. that That's something that everybody loves that I hate is air conditioning. I truly <sighs> don't ever use it. I, I use air conditioning possibly like maybe three or five times every summer. I... <laughs> I'm scandalized. I know. I know. It is. I I truly feel like air conditioning is my guilty pleasure. And I mean, you know, when people say guilty pleasures, that it's usually stuff like, you know, okay, we all like this thing. Right. Like the Gilmore Girls is yeah. usually people's guilty pleasure. Right. But this I'm like, I know I'm destroying the environment. Yeah. I know my electric bill is like hundreds of dollars. Correct. A month. I know that the air is stale and it dries out my skin and I feel gross, but like, I need to be Yeah, you have the sinuses freezing. of an octogenarian because of the <laughs> air conditioning. That is also all of those things, right? Yeah. Like you want to be cool. Very, very cool. No, this this period, I and it happened the same time last year, is the like month period where I am like, this is it. I got I got COVID. It's like every day I wake up being like, this, my nose isn't normal. Yes, well, because, back you know, my throat. here's the thing. People love fall. But what happens in fall is everything starts dying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm also one of these people that, like, I really hate fall. I, I, I never just ha- – I don't know. I grew up in the desert. I'm not sure. We didn't have seasons. So maybe I just don't understand the love of season change. Uh-huh. But I – everything starts dying and we're sort of like, you know, all this fall stuff with, like, apple ciders and, you know what I mean, and everything <laughs> pumpkin-flavored. We're sort of just, like – dancing on summer's deathbed like a bunch of jerks you know 
And I've always been so, you know, I've, I found it so odd because this, the other thing that happens to me, and I know I'm not alone because you just said it, is I get allergies. Yeah. I'm congested. Stuff is going down. All of these leaves are decaying and they go in, they're going right into my nose. Right. And so, and it's not comfortable. That's the other thing about fall. Uncomfortable. Yeah. I do agree. I mean, yeah, so many things. One is there's this myth that allergy season is is spring only. And it's like, no, no, no. For no. some of us are are attacked year round. <laughs> there's no yeah, escape. Yeah. Thank you. I'm one of those. I did. I went one in for an allergy test. You know, they do the thing where they prick uh-huh. your, your forearm or whatever with, every, with different allergens. And they pricked both of my forearms. I, I was being tested for like dozens of things. And I got out of there and the, and the, uh, the dude was like, uh, you're allergic to all known grasses and 80% of trees. <laughs> what? All known grasses? I mean, for the record, I feel like my body has calmed down like in the last few years. Like I don't get as allergic as I used to because I think your body is like, oh, like I get it. Uh-huh. This happens every year, you know. So at a certain point, like some bodies are just like, all right, we don't need to like freak out about this. This is just going to happen all the time. I don't um, even yeah. truly understand what allergies are. Like what? Yeah. Why? Why do we have these? What is why? what function do these serve? It's just it's just a failure of our of yeah. our bodies, I guess. It's, yeah. Poor design. It's like when Apple decided to take off the home button is mm-hmm. what allergies are. It's just like frustrating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the mouse, it's, the Apple mouse plug on the bottom of the yeah, mouse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Exactly. It's just frustrating. And you're like, why? Why did they do that? It's like 12 dongles for a laptop. You know, it's that's what that is. It's like someone did not think this through. Yeah, I think about that all the time. The The number of useless cords that I have in my apartment that I... <laughs> I don't know how to get rid of. Yeah. I, I can't bring myself to get rid of, but they have piled up in every corner. And because I'm just like, you're what also hap- like, what if? What if I need this printer plug to go into my laptop one day? Like, what if we're all we're in an apocalyptic situation where there's no Wi-Fi, but I really need to print something for the zombies that are about to eat me. Yeah. You know, and and then you, th- so I have a hard time throwing those away too because you just never know. But yeah, we were talking about opening windows. I, I used to live sort of like uh, on the on the east side on a very busy street in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And every time I opened my window, I was just like, I'm breathing in toxins like I don't know for some reason I'm just like the air in my apartment even though I'm sure it's coming from outside in some yeah, way it is. Um, I can't if I open a window it's just it's gonna speed up my my death I know it speaking of like air air um I recently was I took a flight somewhere and these um wealthy people like in first class Brought mm-hmm. with them like a little mini air purifier, like a travel air purifier. Uh huh. And I, I was like, that. "Oh, is that what we're doing now? We're just carrying around." It's. I mean, I yeah, I can't I, uh-huh. imagine. You have to be in your own enclosed 
sealed off a garbage bag or whatever for that right. air purifier to have any effect, right? Like, it's not going to purify an entire airplane. You have to, like, we'll put it right in front of your nose. I mean, I don't know how those things work. Yeah, but really, you just need, like, an oxygen mask. That's the only way to ensure yeah, that you are, but, you are breathing But the other thing is, air. the entire system of air of an airplane is an air purifier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was on a flight recently, and they, as part of the announcements at the beginning, said, you know, the, the air in the cabin is is refresh yeah, every like yeah. three minutes or something and yeah. I, that sounded a little bit i'm like is it really though <laughs> i don't know i don't believe anything they say i'm like this is the one place i will absolutely put my tinfoil hat on and be like you are you are lying to us this oh air my god is no stale as hell. <laughs> not to be like you know Delta seems so earnest, but like they, <laughs> I believe it. I believe they're cycling the air every few minutes or whatever. Okay, side with the big airlines. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I know. I somehow drank the Kool Aid. Yeah. No. I mean, I want to. I think it's that thing. Like, yeah. I, I I want to believe it, but also, have you seen any? Like, so I've been on a handful of flights in the last pandemic, uh-huh. and I. I have not seen anyone ba- behave badly. And people keep being like, oh, the airports and the airlines and oh. And I was like, I think, is it that like Twitter is just making it seem like everyone's behaving? Because I've been on, you know, five or six flights and I have not seen anything, anything. Yeah, I same. I've only been on uh, now I've traveled to two cities in the past month. And that was the first time I'd been on an airplane in, in a long time. Nice. And granted, it was to like Denver and, and Phoenix, which is, a you know, could go either way. So, right. I mean, it was like between New York and those places, maybe it's a little more chill. Maybe it's like location dependent. Oh, you're saying if you you're saying if you're going to a city full of heathens, then you might experience <laughs> I'm just saying, something worse. A flight to Florida might be a different situation. I don't know right, all right, of where right, you right, were right, heading, right. but right. I but mean, yeah. yeah, I I did. I went on a flight to Indianapolis and a flight to Jamaica. If we're honest, uh-huh. and uh, to and before listeners think I'm just like the least safe person i'm tested literally all the time (laughs) constantly i'm like so tested so anyways um for stds hey no (laughs) come on for for covid for covid you Um, might as well you know but all you know throw in an std uh it just you know what getting an std test would make me feel young again you know because it would just mean like i'm out there um but uh uh but yeah and everyone was masked i mean look there's a couple people that were letting them slip below the nose but flight attendants would come by and be like hey can you pull it up and they're like oh yeah sorry this sucks and then everyone's like it does (laughs) and then that's that that was my exact experience i fully went the first flight i took i fully went expecting to like prepare for battle i was going to have to like be a you're wearing a bulletproof vest yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) i have to get ready to film like the next incident (laughs) 
and right, right, right. Nothing. You're wearing diapers in case you have to pee in the middle of a filming of an incident. <laughs> yeah, like you were like doing it. But I always have to feel like I'm being slighted in some way on a flight. Like I can't enjoy the experience of a flight. I have to find a flaw. You know, this <laughs> this is just part of my personality. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I literally had a flight where I the woman next to me was being like too nice to me. <laughs> And what? I was like, I, this, I can't. Al- <laughs> I'm just like, please ignore me. Oh, I don't want to no, be acknowledged. I don't oh, want to no, be. Oh, no, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I just like had headphones in and she, uh, you know, she was adjusting the, the air things at the top. And she, yeah. she kind of tapped me and she was like, do you want, do you want yours on? It's just like, let me decide if I want it on or not. You don't, oh, you don't have she, to ask she, but me. Her, she was already up there, you know? So she was just trying to help you out. I know. And then she also was like, let me... <laughs> this was like several hours into the flight. I also um, have no respect for my bladder. And I hate standing <laughs> up during a flight. So I'm like, I will ride it out. <laughs> I would rather uh-huh. avoid the bathroom and like destroy my insides. Than, right. Of course. Than yeah, get up. yeah. And like several hours into the flight she was like you know let me know if you have to get up she right, was on right. the aisle and I was like I don't need <laughs> I don't need you to give me permission to ask Hold you on. was she was she an older lady um yeah she was like a uh, yeah I would say like she was like 50s or 60s yeah okay so she was like someone's mom someone's grandmother maybe you know an yeah. aunt you know what I mean there's I think what set me off a little bit and and by the way of course I talk the talk but like of course I was like oh sure thank you so much no problem at all because <laughs> <laughs> I am you know uh, 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 a fraud but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, you're two faced. You're two faced. <laughs> I'm two faced in that I'm actually a lovely, very nice person. To people. Really nice, right? And that woman <laughs> left that flight being like, "I sat next to the most lovely guy." Uh, you couldn't even think that he ever had a complaint in the world. Of course, that's how, what she thought of you. Yeah. But the the reason I was skeptical was because she did that thing that some people do where she asked um, the guy who was in the seat originally to switch so that she could be next in the same row as her husband. Right, um, right. And I'm always like a little annoyed by that. Because you're like, you guys are married. Like, why do you need? <laughs> I, I, right. I, I, I join you in that a little bit because I'm like, hey, guys, it's take this break. You know what I mean? You never you don't know when the next break is going to be. I love my husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been able to survive a flight not sitting with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there was some discourse on Twitter over this recently over um, the ethics. Oh, what uh, were the of- reasonable people of Twitter saying? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, it, it started with um, a dad, I think, complaining about people not willing to switch so that he could be next to his wife. And they had like young children with them, which is obviously, you know, it's like if you have you have to do what's best for the entire plane because yeah, if yeah. those parents aren't able to take care of their child. We're yeah. all going to be miserable. No, that's, I mean, as <laughs> right. And as a as a person who has flown with my daughter and our dog m- on multiple occasions, it is in everyone's best interest that we sit together. 
Yeah. You know, so that let that be known. That's true. So there's like degrees, because then if it's like, OK, if you just want to sit next to your boyfriend so you guys can cuddle for right. then, two hours, then yeah, get you, out of town. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're just about out of time. And I don't even know where to wrap up. I mean, you, you do so many different things. Where can the people find you and your work? Yeah, I mean, the main place to find me is on the, you know, the horrible social medias that we should all unsubscribe from. Um, But you can find me there at Nagin Farsad, a name that is both easy to spell and pronounce. (laughs) And uh, and, and if you like listening to a bunch of really funny people uh, like Matt... On a podcast, you should subscribe to my podcast, Fake the Nation. It's me and a rotating cast of comedians, and we kvetch about the news, and we complain and uplift and inspire, and then poop on it as well. (laughs) (laughs) So subscribe to Fake the Nation. It is so funny. Everyone, if you don't listen, should go and listen. And you're doing shows, right? Yeah, I'm around. I'm I'm doing shows. I'm gonna be do, I'm gonna be touring, you know, in the new year. So look out for my dates. And you, you know, if if you happen to walk past and see an apartment window fully open, all of the windows flown open, <laughs> curtains flowing out, you and know then you notice that the person inside is <laughs> eating a very hard egg. Then you know where I live. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Can't wait to do it again. Thank you so much, Matt. This was great. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Uh, And this week, our producer, Melissa, is here uh, to give us her highlight of the week. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Hi. It's me, the one who hates my food touching on Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I just wanted to come on and say that I got the chance to see the New York premiere of Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a movie musical that is on Netflix now. Go watch it. Anyway, uh, the backdrop of Tick, Tick, Boom as a movie is actually the AIDS epidemic. And as I was watching the movie, I got to thinking about the AIDS epidemic, our current pandemic, and how both of them have absolutely decimated Broadway and live theater in general. I used to be an actor, and so Broadway is like very important to me. Live theater is very important to me. And so I wanted to highlight Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which is an organization that was initially founded as a response to the AIDS epidemic. Now they do food services, addiction recovery, healthcare, senior services, and they provide this for industry folks all around the country. So if you love theater, if you love Broadway, if you love live theater, consider donating to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And also when it's safe and when you're vaccinated, go see a show. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Every time that we mention any type of musical theater or theater thing on the show, Melissa is always here as our fact checker. (laughs) I love it all. So very passionate. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. I do remember the first show I saw at Hadestown. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the first show back that I saw back on Broadway. And they give out at every Broadway show in New York those playbills. It's like the iconic, you know, yellow playbill. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they had the thing in it that said that they 
had not shut down the the presses that print those playbills. Uh-huh. Um, this was like the first time that it had shut down in like 120 years or something. Like during the last pandemic, during like the world wars, they kept printing. And this was the first time that they stopped it, which is Wild. insane. Wild. Yeah. And that's so many people out of work. Like it's not just actors. It's like backstage crew, like the whole industry. There's thousands, hundreds upon thousands of people who are impacted and who need help. And they're the last industry to come back. Almost everything else came back uh, in graduated stages. And Broadway's like barely back open. So it's going to need more help along the way. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. We'll put uh, a link to uh, that in our show notes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, (laughs) Melissa. All right. uh, Let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I have been watching Insecure. This Mm -hmm. season has been so very good. and I love it so much. Um, And I've also been watching Curb, uh, continuing to do that. Again, incredible season so far. And finally, Joe Parra Talks With You, which I know I've talked about before. Guess what? I'm going to keep talking about it. The season is so sweet and special and good. It's on Adult Swim. Our girl, Joe Firestone, is a prominent role wrote Mm -hmm. one of my favorite episodes of the season so far and it's just a true true joy and they're 10 minute episodes so you don't have an excuse not to watch it and feel all happy and warm inside (laughs) i begrudgingly saw my first episode of joe because we went to a live show and he ended up playing an episode live and i did love it what about you? What are you watching this week? Um. Oh, yeah. I've been watching Sex Education. Uh, uh, I'd seen the first two seasons. And then before the third one came out, I was like, I want to go back and watch the first two seasons. And it just took me forever. So I finally made it to the third season, Ooh. which is Jemima Kirk. And yeah, I, liked I just it a love lot. it. It's so fun. So that's what I've been watching. What's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is something I've been working on, which is a podcast. Don't know if you know this, but I actually produce podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called When Diana Met. It's something that we've been working on with CNN, and it's hosted by former guest complainer Aminatou So. And it's all about Princess Diana and kind of like re-examining her in the the culture. Um, And... Listen, I'm not like a royalist by any means. Most of my most of my Diana knowledge comes from Beanie Babies and The Crown. But I've like learned so much. And like I love Aminatou's perspective on everything. And I love her. And it's a really special show. And if you have Diana fatigue, I can guarantee you haven't heard anything about her like this before. So I'm really proud of it. And it makes me really happy that other people finally get to listen to this thing that we've worked on. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser? Well, I had some shows this past weekend. Mm -hmm. I did. um, I had my show in Delaware, which was a lot of fun. Although I did get a little too drunk at that one. (laughs) I got a really (laughs) special picture from you declaring such. Um, It was of my face. That makes it sound like (laughs) I drunkenly sent you a dick pic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) absolutely not never has happened never will anyway i was in delaware that was a lot of fun and then i did this charity show for a group called griffin's guardians that is based out of syracuse and it's run by this woman who lost her son to cancer and so it's uh, benefits families that are dealing with pediatric cancer so it's called griffin's guardians we can put a link to them in the show notes also but they were all so nice and honestly I was a little concerned going into it because I was like oh god do they I hope this charity show knows that I'm gonna make like dick jokes for an hour (laughs) (laughs) and there were definitely some older people there who I don't 
think, um, loved it. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was definitely a highlight. But also I was staying I was staying at a double tree in uh-huh. one of those cities. And that's where this is going. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I just haven't stayed at a double tree before, but they gave out this chocolate chip cookie. When it's I like what they're in. known for, right? Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it's what they're known for. And like one of the hotel chains is known for like, you get a chocolate chip cookie when you arrive, which is the way to get me to book. Honestly, it was one of the best cookies I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and it was delightful. That's beautiful. That was, that was my hour long chaser. <laughs> But that is it for this week's episode. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head to my Patreon page. You'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories, video of extended guest complainer interviews, and an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of Unhappy Hour stuff that you get every single week. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. As always, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, follow us, rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlene Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. And you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun.